0: Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week as we dive further into the world of games. Now, we've been playing a lot of games. There's a lot of things going on in the news lately too. Some amazing updates to some game engines and you know specifically Unreal Engine, something that we talked about recently on our game engine episode it is one of the big ones been around for the longest and it always looks impeccable but what they're doing nowadays is just insane so with all these things with all the games that we've been playing and i've been playing something new to me something that's incredibly sh- frustrating but very fascinating that i'm kind of falling <laughs> in love with it all at the same time we decided that it might be a good idea to do a little update episode uh, updating you guys on what games we're actually playing right now, how we feel about them, maybe update you on some games that we might have discussed in the past that may have finished by this point, and you know, talk about some of the current events that are going on. Just nice little casual chat as it goes. But yeah, there's there's actually kind of a lot to talk about, and you know, I think uh, I'll just open up. I'm pretty sure I talked about Octopath Traveler on a previous week. Uh, as far as playing it and enjoying it and just being really into it. But as of right now, I've finished that game probably a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, and I still feel exactly the same. I absolutely loved that game. That game was fantastic. There's so much to it with just everything, the job class system. The final boss was rad, uh, you know, with the, everybody fighting all at the same time. So you had your whole team out there, a team of eight, which was really fascinating. Uh, Though my one big gripe, my only complaint that I can find uh, when thinking back about my time with Octopath Traveler Two, is the fact that there were not more fights with everybody out there because it was a really interesting mechanic. It, it became almost like a puzzle where yeah. you had to. The way it was laid out, it's not you're not controlling all eight at the same time. You kind of are, but you're not right. So they do split the party into two teams of four still. But the way it works is that at the top left corner, you have your turn counter showing you who's going to be coming up next. And usually it's just the icon of the character that is currently ready to go. But now they actually had the icon of a different character from the other party that was available. So if you have one character that it's their turn, but maybe they don't really have much they can actually do this time the other character might be able to do some good damage or put down some good buffs or maybe you need to heal real fast and your best healer is on the other team and they happen to be you know in connection with the current player that you have selected so you can quickly swap over there you don't lose your turn at all it's still technically their turn because uh, like that's the way it counts it. It's like their turns exactly the same time as your turn or your other characters. So that was actually really interesting, like bouncing back and forth. And at the very end, the boss fight wasn't too, too hard because I felt like I was a little overleveled for it. Well, my four mains were way overleveled. And then the other four people that I didn't use so much were severely underleveled. So I guess it kind of averaged out <laughs> a little bit there. Like I, I did beat the game with a couple of level 25 characters. And then my four mains were like 87 or something like that. It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So I did kind of cheese the system a little bit there to get through their stories. While fascinating, I just wanted to, I didn't want to sit there and grind four more characters. It just didn't really make sense to do so. So the Mm -hmm. fight was basically down to the wire, right? I sat there and I quickly swapped over to my healer I popped a heal, but then as soon as I did that, hit the big boss's ultimate move went off, hit every single person in the party, all eight of them, and KO'd most people, right? I only had two people left. I had my one level 25 person, which is my apothecary, and then I had my warrior, who is also a war master, right? And so I quickly, like, I was sitting there thinking, like, okay, well, my apothecary he's also a cleric, so I can sit there and start... Trying to revive people, heal them, keep going—all this stuff—and this fight was going on for a little while now. And then I saw that I can switch over to my War Master, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it. I'm just gonna swing for the fences. Let's just take a risk. Let's take a gamble. If I have to start this fight over again, so be it. You know, let's just see what happens. So I went over, switched over. I put full like. BP points into one final hit, and it was like the lion axe move, his like special axe move for being a war master, and hit him for like I think I think it was like eight thousand, which is really little for that end game. Whenever like my thief was hitting for forty six k at one point, it was just kind of ridiculous. Jesus, Uh, yeah, that's how it kind of gets. That's how this game gets after a while, and that eight thousand ended the fight just perfectly because that move only hits one person right and he had like his arms out and everything so I could have went for an arm that was really low health and hope for the best and see what happens and maybe get an extra turn out of it because that arm was up next but I said you know what screw it I'm hitting the main body I'm just gonna see what happens let's let's go hit it and boom that was the last of its freaking hit points and I actually won that damn fight (laughs) I was like oh my god how did I survive this? <laughs> but it was it was really awesome. And the stories really do intertwine, I feel, much better than the first game. The first game, I would say that's probably a big complaint from a lot of people where it feels like you're playing eight disconnected stories. But here, it feels like they took a little extra time. They're not like perfectly connected. It's still a little, like you're playing eight main characters, right? So not everyone can have amazing tales the whole time. But they all were very impactful in their own way. Um, I think the only story that I was like, eh, was the dancer. Their story was just not that exciting to me. But from reviews, people really like her. I don't know why. Uh, Really? Yeah. I've
1: always heard a lot of people don't like her story.
0: Uh, It's just, it's kind of like lame. I don't know. Like the final fight for her thing is uh, basically a dance off. Like that's how it's portrayed is that you're performing with this person and you guys are competing in a performance, but you're that's fighting
1: like a DDR thing, like button mashing or no, oh, it's it, actual fight. It's,
0: you actually fight them and they like turn into like an angel and all this crap. But then it like cuts back to the real world where they're singing on stage. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's kind of, it's pretty weird, honestly. But I did like the inclusion of the overlapping of stories, which was really interesting. So they have uh, like certain tales. It's like two or three chapters of each person where them and another traveler have intertwining tales at that point. So it, it was kind of cool. It was nice like to see them communicate and kind of get to know these characters a little bit more, watch them create deeper bonds that the conversa- conversations actually carried over to the random, like, you know, conversations that were had while you're walking around because when you're walking through the map you'll randomly get like a button prompt and if you hit it then you can see a conversation between your party members and if you progress those stories they like conversations start to progress as well and it's actually it was really interesting it was really exciting to play visually amazing but just a fun game all around i i really did enjoy my time with that, that game now am I going to go back and try and fight like the ultra boss and everything like that? Cause there's some hidden boss there and there's a couple like hidden bosses that I didn't get to you. Probably not. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like I feel like I had my fill and I feel good about it. Like I'm just content with the way I left it. And I just really enjoyed Octopath. Thought it was a great game regardless of that.
1: Sometimes it's best with those games that you don't try and do it. Like, It's cool to try and experience everything in the game, but if it's something that might ruin my taste for it, I'll just stop. You know, like, I feel like in the first Octopath, those optional bosses at the end to see, you know, the true ending, like, Mm -hmm. you have to grind hard in order to be strong enough to fight them because it's one after another. And... I remember getting pretty far in it and I tried it multiple times and I just got over it. And I was like, this is making me really not like this game. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Watched a YouTube video, got everything out of it. And do I think that that little optional thing, because it annoyed me so much, made me dislike the first one? Maybe I, I really want to play through the sequel just because I mean, Everyone's saying it's way better than the first, which for me, the first one had so many things that I didn't like about it. More so, I felt like the stories didn't connect. I felt Mm -hmm. like the combat got very samey after a while, right? Like it was every chapter was like almost feeling the same, just with a different character. And with Octopath 2, I only played like one chapter two with a character and while that kind of like chapter progression still kind of feels the same in that regard i like how the world seems like it already feels kind of connected just Mm -hmm. by looking at the world map and everything and i have heard that you know and obviously you can confirm this like oh they're actually more connected than how they were in the
0: first one yeah Oh, 100%. They are. So that that is a nice touch. It, it, and I think they definitely listened to the fan base to, you know, combine all that, which I think is funny. And it's a weird oversight from the first one that if you have eight main characters, why not try and mix them? Why are they on this traveling party together? It never really felt like they needed to be together. But this one, it's nice. And I think it's those little those little conversations as you're walking around, those like random little things are what actually make it feel more connected. Oh, and in the combat, whenever, uh, let's say Oswald just went, right? And then Thorney hops into battle and it's her turn. She might say like, oh, good one, Oswald, or nice hit, or like good, right? Like they, they actually communicate with each other in battle, which I huh. liked. It just kind of created that extra sense of connection which might be an illusion, right? Maybe the, the stories and the chapters are laid out exactly the same as the first one. But having those just like extra little tiny pieces of conversation baked into the game were really nice. Like it, it just kind of made me feel like, yeah, this is a party of traveling people going together, right? Like they, they are making connections. They are getting to know each other as they're doing this. So it was just a nice little touch there.
1: So since we're, talking about games we might have talked a little bit about in the last episode um our last update for me i remember bringing up a little bit on uh like a dragon ishin and i just want to bring that up real quick just because that game was amazing Mm. um it i love the yakuza games a lot Um, even though there's so many of them it's easy to get kind of burnt out but i think that this game kind of surprised me in a way that it feels so different, but at the same time it doesn't, Mm -hmm. uh, just because the setting is different. And man, it's good. Like it, it makes me want more samurai games done in a way like this. Like I do like the inclusion of guns in it, which was interesting. Uh, it almost made me feel like a samurai western kind of,
0: but that's cool. I didn't know they had that in there. I mean, I haven't really looked much into it, but that's such an important part in feudal Japan when it, the Western stuff started taking over.
1: That's the time that it's supposed okay. to take place. Like this is supposed to be like kind of accurate in a lot of ways.
0: Uh, so it's like *Rory Kenshin*, the video game
1: pretty much um i i really love this game like i'll always think ghosts of tsushima is still like one of my favorite Mm -hmm. samurai games but this one like the story is fantastic like to me i think the story in this might be better than ghosts but it and there are times where it's kind of like, hmm. But it has that, you know, Yakuza humor. It There's a ton to do. My God, there's so much to do. I think I clocked in like over 50 hours oh, wow. uh, with this game. 60 hours. And I, I did pretty much all of the side quests. Uh, I didn't do all. I didn't complete completely all of the little mini games that they always include in these games but let's just say i got my money's worth right like Mm -hmm. there's so much to do so much to get lost in and it's such an enjoyable game that yeah it did not feel like 50 60 hours that's for sure um it it's great uh highly recommend it to anyone that is interested in that era that setting because it's just good, you know, it, the, the beat-em-up fighting style really works with a sword. I mean, you have where you can either do fist, sword, gun, or you do uh, this style where you have the sword in one hand and the gun in the other, and it's pretty cool because you can, like, spin around with your sword, and then after that, you spin around with your gun, and it just, like, crowd clears, and it's, it's a cool game. I'll put it that way. What's that? What's but, that
0: martial art style? What is it like Guntan Guntana, right? I think so. That they, sounds where they using it in the movies? They use it to like describe like Matrix and all that. But there was that movie Equilibrium where they actually oh, like yeah. studied Guntana. Remember? That shit? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that
1: movie was dope.
0: That was an awesome movie. <laughs> so bad,
1: but it it's interesting because I I'm looking over like my backlog right now and uh seeing like what games I've completed since uh last time we talked about our update and uh I feel like I haven't completed enough but comparing it to the rest of the year I'm like damn I knocked off more games in March than a good chunk of the other months and uh to me you know i did uh dark pictures the house of ashes which is really enjoyable and a game that i didn't think i would play next just because i have so many games i want to play kirby in the forgotten lands which was wow, really i really liked it i i bought it when it came out because i'm a kirby sucker uh, i have not got the new kirby dreamland game that came out but Forgotten lands was really cool uh it's beautiful it's very simple i'll put it that way like there is one fight that was kind of difficult towards the end but it's a very enjoyable game and it's a game that i would recommend like to my daughter when she gets of age like to play games i think she would like this if she likes playing games and i'm just like you know the look of that game
0: it'd be weird if your daughter did not like video games
1: Yeah, she's already like very interested in computer screens and yeah, she's very interested in watching me play games. Plus, she likes like handheld stuff, so I know she'll probably end up liking the switch at least. So, best console ever. (laughs) It's funny because it's like I, at times, I'm sitting there like, Man, the switch kind of sucks because it feels so outdated. But games like Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, I'm like, This game looks so beautiful. Runs really, really well, and it's just the thing with Nintendo first-party games is that they don't need to look 4K, right? They just mm-hmm. need to look great. Like you look at Mario Odyssey, and that was like not long after the Switch came out, well, and like that even, game's
0: gorgeous still. Even Breath of the Wild, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. When you look at other consoles and other big title AAA games, like visually. Breath of the Wild is pretty behind. But it's still a gorgeous game. I think Nintendo just knows how to do things stylized. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see a lot of people kind of bad-mouthing the Switch, where it's like, oh, well, this game runs like crap on the Switch. It's like, well, it wasn't actually made for Nintendo in mind. Yep. Right? That wasn't the original intent for it. This was made to be played on a PS4 or a PS5 or whatever it is. So it's not optimized for the Switch. So that's why you see... like even first party nintendo games don't look like you know unreal engine games or just crazy lighting everywhere but they know how to use their software and they know what little tricks to do and how to make it stylized enough to make it gorgeous and timeless i think that's the big difference between that so it's pretty interesting how looking at the different consoles and like what engines they are using especially after that conversation we had with the game engine topic that was really fun to like dive into that
1: yeah and that's honestly that's something i really like about nintendo is that for the most part all their first party titles you know they're always going to run really well Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as long as it's on the correct i mean remember when breath of the wild came out on the wii u and the switch and the wii u version was you know obviously not the best way to play the game but it you're almost guaranteed that you're going to get a beautiful game that at least runs, you know, a stable frame rate or, you know, I never really seen a dip down below 30, usually Mm -hmm. in a lot of their games. So, like, for me, I look at, you know, Breath of the Wild, especially uh, Tears of the Kingdom that's coming out soon, and I look at it as like, you know what, the graphics, like, even though they don't really look that different from the last Breath of the Wild... They don't need to because to me i feel like the way wind waker was stylized breath of the wild kind of has that same feeling right it, it almost mm-hmm. feels like a high def cell shading in a lot of ways and with tears of the kingdom I, there's a lot to say about it and obviously like i could save this for later in the episode but i'm like damn this is the perfect time to talk about it um that gameplay trailer really i think sold it for me i was already i already have it pre-ordered um i really don't don't like doing that but (laughs) i uh well i got kind of talked into it Uh, i was like oh i kind of i was on the fence and my friend was like oh you should we should do it together you know because uh gamestop will do those kind of like not midnight launches anymore but they'll do like a nine o'clock launch mm. and i was feeling very nostalgic for that i was listening to someone talk about oh remember the halo 3 midnight launch and I and they're like damn i miss going to game launches like i think the last one i went to is kingdom hearts 3 oh, okay. for some weird reason because i was so <laughs> hyped on that game and I remember because it was so damn cool because there was a huge line. There was like maybe like 80 of us waiting. Uh, Holy crap. Obviously, it was a city. So, you know, all of San Diego was right there. But it was cool because they were giving you free stuff while you were waiting in line with raffles. So I'm like, oh, maybe they'll do that with this, you know? But that excitement of just picking it up, being amongst other people, playing it earlier than, say, people that bought off Amazon stuff, like, It's just kind of cool you know like it it brings that weird excitement and even though like up until maybe the last two weeks i had almost no interest in this game in a weird way like i i always told myself i'm probably gonna get it because it's zelda and i always buy those games right for better Mm -hmm. or for worse i always play them and when i first saw the trailer and it looked very like nuts and bolts where you build your own vehicle and stuff i was like oh this is interesting i just don't know how they're going to mix in the i don't know why they call it, well i guess i do why they call it sky islands instead of skylands but i'm like oh they don't want to say skylanders um
0: yeah true
1: after seeing this new gameplay trailer that came out like a day or two ago i I'm very excited about it. Uh, Not even talking about the powers, but I think the thing that impressed me the most was being on one of those islands, getting smacked off of it, and it's just a seamless fall. Now, this isn't something to be excited about if you're playing games on, say, an Xbox, PC, PlayStation, but for the Switch, I'm like, how is it able to do that and make it look so damn good? It like, has
0: the whole world loaded beneath you at all times, right? Like, it has to.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, that has to put a lot of load on the Switch. But there didn't look to be really any slowdown at all in that trailer, which is surprising to me. You know, it, it really shows the Nintendo knows what to do with their optimization. And I don't want to sound like a Nintendo fanboy because I'm really not. But... When it comes to stuff like this, I'm like, damn. Like they they know what to do with their hardware, which they should after all these years of the Switch being out. Yeah. But between that seamless fall and the moves you get in this game, it's I'm excited for it. Like it I think the fuse system is doing something new. I know That stuff has kind of existed before in other games, but not as seamless as
0: this game. And There's going to be some goofy crap that comes out of that. Hell yeah. (laughs) It's going to be really funny to see.
1: Fuse two chickens together. (laughs) Oh, imagine fusing like a a chicken to your your shield. So every time they smack it, the chickens just swarm the enemy.
0: That's probably going to be a thing. i would not be surprised i would not (laughs) be surprised honestly these new abilities are very interesting to me right like the with the fuse and the ultra hand it they what what it almost feels like is you know with like Fortnite how they have the game maker now Mm -hmm. that's what i feel like nintendo is trying to hint at here because it almost seems like every game is like a weird little tech demo for something else in the future that they're working on. And I would not be surprised if they like we have Super Mario Maker. Why can't we have Super Zelda Maker or something like that? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they basically use these things, like the Ultra Hand and the Fuse, to allow you to make your own Zelda adventure and share it with your friends. Like I, I have a feeling something like that is gonna happen because this is this is just crafting. It's it's game making. Even whenever you pick up items and you rotate them on like the axes and stuff like that, it looks just like if you're in an actual like game engine maker working in a 3D space. They have the same colors, the arrows are exactly the same, right? Like it's it's really weird that they're kind of putting that in there in this title. So I'm kind of curious to see. What I'm most curious about is to see how much the crafting distracts from the story. Because I, I have a feeling people yeah. are just going to play this just to do that and then not really give a crap about the rest of the game. <laughs> I mean, it's so new and weird.
1: I definitely think that this is going to kind of change this whole sandbox open world thing in games. Mm-hmm. I am curious about. Where are the shrines? You know, when that image where he's or the the part of the video where he's falling down from the sky, I feel like you don't really see any shrines. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what they're gonna do instead of that. And yeah, I'm like, is the story gonna be interesting? I mean honestly, the first Breath of the Wild, the story didn't really pull me in. It's I true. think the exploration really
0: pulled me in, the which world made me want to see more. The game. Yeah.
1: So I'm curious how this game's going to approach it.
0: It It is like a nice evolution to see this new change because, I mean, the, in the first Breath of the Wild, we had some really cool stuff with the using of physics. Physics was a huge thing in this game. Like watching the wind blow, if you set fire to something, you can set fire to a camp that's, you know, 100 yards away and watch them. Mo- right. Like So there was some really cool little aspects in there. So... It's really like you're just trying to bend the world to your will in this and it's almost like link is just running around in a big game maker engine <laughs> like it's it's just mm-hmm. really really trippy and I am very excited about it I, I'm super stoked I haven't pre-ordered it but now I'm kind of tempted to to be honest uh, especially with this the one ability that actually fascinates me the most and I'm curious of like how is it going to break the game like 1,000 percent? is the ascendability that they showed Mm -hmm. like that's gonna break everything (laughs) the fact that i can just swim through a mountain okay like how what's the limit that's what i want to know and people are gonna find it and they're gonna find ways to like oh yeah you don't have to fight ganon or at all or any of these things you can just go to this one little tiny corner ascend up and you end up where like the treasure chest is and then you can just bail (laughs) by ascending through the roof or something silly like that right like it's going to be really interesting to see what like what people do with this.
1: I'm really excited um, to see what speedrunners are going to do. Because I feel like this oh, is yeah. going to open up so many different ways to get there, break the game. Like, it'll be, yeah, I'm, act, I'm not really much into, like, following up on games, getting speedruns. But I'm like, this game looks like it's
0: going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's going to be good, for sure. Okay, so there's a game, there's a, there's a style of game, a genre, that I am not good at. I don't like it. <laughs> Usually, I, whenever I think about these games, I don't really like these games for, I mean, I can appreciate them, but they were never for me, and that's platforming games. I don't know why. I suck at platforming wow. games. I've never really been good at them. So like I'll play them for a little bit and then I just bounce off really quickly because being that pixel perfect all the time and it just, I don't know. I it, There's just something about them. Like even going back to like Mega Man back in the day, I've never beaten a Mega Man game because hmm. I just can't. Like my brain would not let me. I, I just never was able to get very far in those games. Maybe I'll beat like one or two bosses and then... I'm just like no, (laughs) that's that's as far as I can get. I can't get through this next level. It's impossible. I'm done. Okay, bye. Right, and it just I know it takes a lot to really get into these things because you have to know exactly how long your dash is, how much of a double jump you can get if you do a short jump versus a long jump. You know, by holding down the button or quickly tapping it, your height differentials and knowing those kind of things. And I I don't think there hasn't really been a game until now that has really made me want to dive into that world, into the platforming games more and more. So I own this game on so many different consoles because I just know that if I, I just knew in the back of my mind that if I sat down and actually play this game, I'm going to freaking love this title because the artwork for sure, one, and then two, it's probably one of the most, like, I would say almost everybody knows this title. Everyone knows this game. Uh and that's Hollow Knight. Like Hollow Knight is fantastic and I'm actually really really enjoying my time with it and it's the first platformer where I know I'm going to beat this game. And not because it's an easy game. This game is not easy. This game is hard and it's frustratingly hard at times. Like there are ways that kind of cheese things a little bit, but it's just it's mm-hmm very difficult (laughs) and some of the platforming areas are just insane and this kind of speaks to as well like when we talked about Octopath earlier how there's a bunch of extra things that you can go back and do right and explore some more well I'm at the point in Hollow Knight where by the time this episode comes out I'm probably going to be done with it I'm probably going to have beaten it and I can go to fight the final boss right now I can go there right now But then I visited the seer and found out that, like, there might be some more things to look at. There was a character that I kept walking past that kept saying, oh, I'm not worthy enough to enter. And I found out that, oh, now I am because I beat some of the dream bosses. I have, like, the right amount of essence, all that good stuff. And there's an area called the White Palace that is just platforming hell. (laughs) Like, it is... So damn pixel perfect. And there are no enemies in this area. It's just you jumping from platform to platform. And you have to be like 100% perfect every single jump, every single time. And I don't need to put myself through this. But I want to. It's weird. It's the first time I've ever played a platforming game where I want to go through this struggle to do it. Just to do it. Like, I'm sure that, like, I know that there's a pretty good reward at the end of this, but it's 100% not necessary at all for the completion of the game. I historically am not good at platformers and don't like them and don't finish them. But this one, I love it. And I am so into this game that I even went back and fought secret bosses. And I'm like, trying to get all the charms and all the grubs. Like, I want 100% this game. I, I There's just something about it. And I actually I'll post the picture on social media because I think it's really fun. I I actually 3D printed Hollow Knight and actually sat there and sanded it down and hand painted it and all this stuff. Like I always loved the character design and the artwork of this game. But now playing it, I have such a deeper appreciation for it from just a game design perspective. Uh, Just the movement alone is so good. Like it's almost perfect i think like there's a couple of times where i'm like really you jump that way okay (laughs) (laughs) or there's like little things that it might not tell you exactly what just happened like there's a charm that you get in there and i don't don't think it's a spoilers old game uh and you'll get there too but (laughs) there's a it's called sharp shadow where basically whenever you dash through an enemy you actually do damage to them so you need a charm to do Mm. that but it doesn't tell you that it makes your dash longer. So when oh. I found that out when I was trying to dash through a, t- a tight corridor that I was able to do before. But this time I just kept going into the wall. I'm like, oh, my dash is longer. Like, substantially longer. So That's why. Now I need to step back, like, three steps and then dash. And then I'll end up in that same spot. So I kind of have to, like, think about that. And start thinking about oh did they design this jump with a normal dash in mind or with somebody that has sharp dash equipped right so i feel like i'm constantly looking at that and but regardless of that it's just there's so many different ways to traverse this world and so many different wonderful characters and enemies and just amazing design all the way through and the story is actually really i I don't know they it's one of those where the story's there if you want it, and it gives you enough, like very bite-sized little things here and there to just make it that much more interesting and but add to the overall mystery of this title. And I just, I, I love this game so much. And with like rumors of a Hollow Knight 2 coming out, I'm like, oh yes, please. I, like I want more of this now, and it's pretty amazing. So what I'm gonna do uh, actually is challenge myself with platforming games and actually pick a couple that are just really iconic. Uh, I think after this one, I might go to Celeste because that's another title that I really want to get through. And I know that you really enjoy that that game, so I'm excited for that. And then maybe after that, I might go back to one that I actually really loved as a kid. I played a lot of it, but got absolutely nowhere in the game itself. (laughs) And that's actually the Mega Man Zero games. I love those games. So I think that might be like the three that I tackle and then maybe we'll see where I go from there. But yeah, this is, it's so much fun. I've not had this much fun in a platforming game ever. And I'm really happy that I pushed through a little bit. Right? I was like, you know what? Like The first couple hours were incredibly frustrating. I just getting really pissed. I'm like, just keep going, just keep going just keep going and then after a little bit it just like clicked and then I had this huge run of like multiple days of just cruising like boss after boss taking them out first try done 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 like getting through areas with relative ease knowing the map like knowing the jumps reading it like it just felt good and I'm just I'm loving every minute of it right now Uh, I can't get enough of Hollow Knight (laughs) I'm obsessed now
1: yeah i really need to finish it uh i started playing it and I'm, de- I'm further than i was when i first played it uh but hearing you talk about it i'm like yeah i should finish this just because i mean it, you go to any list and it's always at the top for indie titles right it's always either hollow knight stardew uh celeste or you know there's many but those are usually the ones always on top Mm -hmm. for good reason you know all of those are really good titles and i can't wait for you to play celeste just because i feel like while it's definitely a step up in platform difficulty especially the optional stages and later stages i think that it's also a game that's going to be really good and trying to teach you the precise timing Mm. uh when it comes to platforming and which i think is really useful in a lot of other uh indie ones like i feel like hollow knight the platforming in it is just right in a lot of ways and surprisingly throws a lot at you compared to other like metroidvanias like usually in Metrovania's platforming while obviously it's usually like that's the core of it don't have a lot of precise platforms to jump mm-hmm. and i think hollow knight does it really well from the little bit that i've experienced but i'm super excited to hear the platform platformers that you play because platformers for me especially 2d ones have always been up there for me mm-hmm. uh, i mean usually rpgs platformer and then shooter so it's yeah i i feel like i've played a lot of them but then i look at people's lists of like favorite platforms i'm like damn there's still a bunch that i haven't played especially like modern ones like after playing a little bit of Holland, I was like, Oh, I should look into like what people think are some of the best platformers right now. And aside from like the big name ones, I just talked about, there's a bunch out there that people really like from the past, like two years. And I'm like, Oh my God, I need to experience these, you know? So granted it's a very abundant genre with lots of choices. I know the ones that stand out really do, you know, Celeste, Cave Story, Uh, there was another that's, like, really damn good. I know Owlboy is good. Yeah, that was another one that
0: I I looked at a long time ago.
1: I love the artwork for it. God, that game, I think, to this day, still has some of the best pixel art I've, like, ever seen. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's that's a fun genre to get lost in, for sure.
0: Yeah, I feel lucky because I have a huge library to go back through. Because I mean, it feels like everybody makes a 2D platformer at some point. And what's actually really funny is, I think what really sparked my curiosity about this was I last month for my game design class and the ones I, I teach, uh, we were doing top down shooters. So basically, we, mm. we remade like a vampire hunter style kind of game. It's nice. eight access movement. So, but this month, I want to do 2D platformers. So I'm making a 2d platformer in three separate game engines currently at work (laughs) because i'm crazy Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i felt like i should probably have a really clear understanding of the movement to know what feels really good to pass that on to the kids and to show them how to get that kind of movement right like create just the basic stuff where you move and you jump and all that good stuff right but then slowly start introducing the long hold to jump higher right the long press to jump higher the sh- quick presses jump shorter like add in those little tiny layers that I feel like we kind of almost take for granted but those are extra steps that need to be coded into the game and it's not like extensive hard to do so but it's just that extra care to attention that just makes it feel that much better so I want to just like keep building on it so that maybe the kids will actually gain an appreciation for the feel of the movement and i think that's why i'm really digging hollow knight because like you said it's the platforming is like just right right that movement is just right it's not overly pixel perfect except for this one area that i'm at where the white palace where it basically is everything else leading up to this like there was some room to error and you were able to like kind of get around some things a little bit here and there by just kind of luck (laughs) at some points i would think or just oh i didn't see that let me dash back really fast and you're able to kind of respond which is nice so i'm trying i would love to try and mimic that hololight movement for the kids i think that would be really great for them
1: that's a really cool
0: idea yeah yeah because the first i have like day one where the character just it moves and jumps but it doesn't feel great like, it even feels weird. Like, it feels floaty. The friction doesn't feel good, all that stuff. So then we're going to start introducing the idea of friction and then the idea of increased gravity and, you know, like, just, like, little things here and there as we as we move along to just get that nice, like, good-feeling game where it feels fully responsive to what you're doing. So, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun so far. But doing it in three separate engines is just a lot. <laughs> it's fun, though.
1: I got to play a game that I've been really wanting to for a very long time. And I'm very happy I did. Wow, Uh, what's that? I mean, I guess it hasn't been around that long, but it's been at least three years now at this point. Uh, Inscription. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is a game that as soon as I first saw it, I was like,
0: Wait, I thought I I was the card game guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's why I held off on it, because I'm like, I used to really enjoy card games and i think i just played too much hearthstone and too much like Slay the spire where i was like i never want to touch these kind of games again but i was like you know what i'll give inscription a chance just because so many people made that their game of the year Mm -hmm. when it came out and i was like okay i need to try it the game really surprised me and i know a lot of people say that but there's things in that game that i just did not expect Uh, I will say that, without spoiling anything, all the images you mostly see on, like, store pages or some videos, it's like, that's not how the whole game is or looks, right? Like, the game changes in different Mm -hmm. ways. Like, it's always a card game. Put it that way. But the deck building and combinations of cards changes throughout the game and uh, gets progressively harder and it's definitely more varied and i i love it as someone who like i said wasn't really into card games anymore i this i was like this is perfect it to me i feel like if anyone out there likes card games they need to play this game it's not super spooky You know, it it just has that aesthetic of being dark and kind of weird. Basically, the story is you are this dude who finds, uh, well, he's a card collector, right? Uh, He's doing like an unboxing video of like this card pack called Inscription. And there's coordinates on this card. He goes, digs it up, and finds this floppy. And then that's where this comes in, where it's like you're playing a game. I didn't know it uh, basically like that.
0: that's weird Huh? I didn't know that was the opening like the whole premise behind it. That's actually really cool.
1: It they kind of discussed that a little bit in, like maybe like an hour in, uh, depending mm. on how fast you get through it. But there's obviously a lot more to it, but it's interesting because that's the whole thing is like inscriptions like an actual game. And there's live action sequences between the different acts that happen uh among other times. And those live action parts kind of describe a lot what's going on. And yeah, I'm like, dude, this game like just went places. But I I was sucked in. You know, it 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 feels great. I love the added puzzles that when you step away from the table and you go around the cabin, like, oh, I'm going to do these puzzles. Oh, cool. I got a card from it. Like you feel rewarded for all those little puzzles you do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this game is like, I, I would put it up there on my list of games everyone should play at least if they have any interest in the way it looks or what it is like, it's definitely worth a play.
0: Nice. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's one of those that has always kind of caught my eye, you know, because I love card games, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't tried it out yet. I don't think I've, because it's not on the Switch or anything like that, and I didn't have. I thought it was. Was it on the Switch? It might be on the Switch. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't. And like, I feel like I couldn't play it for some reason because I didn't have Windows or something, and my Xbox is broken.
1: It is now, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So now that it's on there, maybe I'll pick that up because it's definitely been one that I've been wanting to check out because it looks so, it just takes the the card game idea and just changes it so much. I really enjoy that. So,
1: Yeah. You, you'd be in for a wild ride. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> Might um, maybe take a break from platformers and do that.
1: <laughs> hey, don't hurt. Don't kill that stride, but uh, it, it's a good game to play on the side. That's kind of what I've been doing. Like, with Hollow Knight, like, I've been playing it, but then I'll play something else, right? Like, I kind of do it where I, I pick one game for each platform, and I stick with it. Mm. And recently, uh, you know, for Switch, I've been playing a lot of Dusk, which has been great. But a game that really surprised me, uh, I I didn't have much interest in it when I first saw trailers for it. But I played it because it's on the PlayStation service now. And it's called Ghostwire Tokyo. And
0: I saw you playing that the other day.
1: I feel like a lot of people crapped on this game when it came out because they were expecting an Evil Within 3. Mm. As the same, you know, person, same team. And came out everyone's like oh this game's kind of buggy oh this game's not that great and they just kind of wrote it off and while there's times i can see why maybe someone would kind of judge it a little bit harshly i'm about six seven hours in and i'm legitimately liking it a lot i don't know if it's just because it's kind of different uh definitely as the world opens up more i'm starting to be like Eh, but that's how i feel about these kind of like big worlds that you can run around in Mm -hmm. but i love it i love the setting you know it's like kind of an apocalyptic uh tokyo uh plays on a lot of folklore like the spirits that you you fight are like real you know yokai and spirits that you would you know read in a like a fairy tale and stuff like that and it's just enjoyable you know i don't know like how i'd feel if i bought the game when it first came out but for right now i'm really enjoying it a lot and i didn't think i would but uh yeah i've been distracting myself with that and another game which just came out but
0: real quick i've never heard of this game ghostwire tokyo i thought i did i'm watching trailers of it and i'm kind of blown away about by the visuals it's
1: oh yeah it's really pretty this is
0: a weird looking game
1: wow well it's coming the game pass if you're interested in it i I think it comes out next week on it but cool um yeah it, it is a really pretty game uh that's another thing that's kind of surprising but uh i almost forgot to talk about this game when i played it almost all day today but uh if you were able to check out one of our YouTube videos that we came out with a while ago uh, for the Steam Next Fest, there was a little game called Terra Nil on there, mm. where basically it's the reverse SimCity, right? The The world is a wasteland, and you got to reclaim it, bring it back to its environment, and move on. Well, the game finally released, uh, literally, like within a day. And I love it. Uh, I love the demo. I, they only gave you like the first map and there really wasn't a whole lot to do in it other than like, you know, obviously like, basically what you do is you plant stuff down to create uh, grass. And then from there you create other structures to kind of breed, uh, life into it and the demo it only went to where you can mess with the temperature right you can raise or lower the humidity uh lower raise the temperature they didn't introduce animals yet in the demo uh so in this full release basically you're given a planet and it's kind of like stages right so the first stage you need to make it a temperate setting so you are basically mixing around like wetlands forest and just like plains Mm -hmm. or grasslands and then you introduce animals which with the animals it's kind of like an added challenge where you have to maybe put a forest next to the plains which can be kind of difficult because in order to do a forest you actually have to burn the land uh, and uh it repopulates it as a forest so it, it feels more like a puzzle game than really like a city builder kind of game. Mm-hmm. And I really love it because even the temperature and humidity gauges have challenges where like, oh, when it reaches this point, like you'll start seeing birds fly around the map. Or humidity reaches its max, you'll start seeing rain. And the rain sounds so nice in this game. Like it's like a white noise machine almost. Like it's beautiful. But uh, yeah, I'm loving this game. I'm on the third area now and it's getting hard. Like it's definitely reaching that puzzle mentality where they add so many new things on each stage, but it's so damn cool. Like because you have to clean up all of your machines that you built in order to reclaim the land, You know, in the the second stage, it's like, oh, I need to make waterways to connect to be able to salvage everything. And then in the third stage, it's like, okay, like we have to create um, like a monorail system in order to get things all around. And it's challenging because you have lava and you have all this. And it's just, it's a really cool game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I'm a sucker for these kind of games in general, but this one does something so different that i hope it catches on it seems like it's getting really good reviews by a lot of people um it's published by devolver so i mean can never really go wrong with anything they publish but uh it's a good point i'm really enjoying this game and it, it, it for a minute i was kind of bummed because i'm like damn i was gonna go back to hollow knight today too and then i saw this came out and i'm like i owe it to myself because i remember in that video saying i'm gonna play this day one mm-hmm. well here i am but uh nice. yeah man there's so many good games that have come out this year and that are coming out like
0: well real quick i feel like to, this year is uh, so
1: different than last year
0: something funny to think about uh if you want to play terra nil uh I was just looking it up right now it's actually on netflix games so oh, that's right. it's it's available on that. And I'm very curious about this because I haven't looked at their list of games in a while. And there's some good ones. There's on actually there. some really good ones. Like into the breach is a great game. Reigns three kingdoms is on there. Moonlighters on there. Exploding kittens, uh, Kentucky route zero. This is a game that you've been wanting to play. It's actually on Netflix games right now. Uh, hmm. like, so there's, there's some really trippy games that I wasn't expecting to see on this list. And that's kind of a cool avenue. And I've been curious about their library and what they're going to be putting on it. Uh, I guess you can play it on like your mobile device. So you can play it on your phone if you have the app Mm to Netflix app. So that's really interesting. So I definitely want to try out Netflix games and see how they play and kind of what the future of this actually looks like, because you don't have to buy these games, right? You just stream them out
1: yeah i uh i did that with point p uh Mm -hmm. when they were announcing all this stuff at the game awards and it's oh and i did the into the breach because it's a special version uh so it's like a new updated one and it has i think like an extra character too and some extra missions so it's like the ultimate version that you can't play anywhere else which is kind of interesting that netflix kind of secured that but yeah it's you just play it on your phone or tablet it's uh kind of cool it's weird like they don't have it integrated for the tv so it's not like you can play these like hook your controller up to a tv and play it that way but on your phone yeah i'm like wondering damn that would be like with taryn that'd be small ass screen but yeah it it'd be kind of weird
0: but yeah i noticed that too because I, I was looking we were watching um outlast on netflix which is a great show Fantastic show, I love it. It's not in Love Is Blind. Uh, she's watching that now too. The new season oh, just came out, so but in yes, between, yeah, in between that, <laughs> uh, I get to watch out last, which is great. It's Alone, but Netflix's version of Alone, and these people just get ruthless and brutal with each other. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but the what, they're like one of their trivia games popped up, and my partner was like, "Oh, let's play this. That'll be great." And as soon as we hit play, it's like, oh, your device is not supported. I'm like, what the hell? So the fact that it shows up on your TV, but you can't play it. So it's like, well, why? (laughs) This is dumb. So they probably should fix that. If you're on a TV, it probably shouldn't show up. I don't know. I didn't realize they even had that option on the TV. Yeah, like one of the trivia ones came up and then it was just like three episodes of how great this game is and how you should play it on your phone right now. I'm like, what? why? Like, don't show this to me. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, it was a little frustrating. She got upset about it. She was like, that's dumb. <laughs> and then she turned <laughs> on Discovery. So take that Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like you're saying, there there's a lot of amazing games coming out right now. The the list is insane. And we actually have a list of games, like Okay. So yeah, we made we're looking at all these amazing games that are coming out soon and some great games that are come out recently, but then we decided to go through and make a list of games that we missed out on as well. So that we're going through that too. Like we man, we've been going on like a game beating like marathon lately. Where I feel like we're both just cruising through these titles and playing a lot of games lately. So it's it's been really, really fun to kinda of go through it. That's why felt like it was good timing to just do an update because a lot has kind of come up recently like we were cruising through a bunch and we have a long list of games beaten recently and what's up next and it's weird to be like organized (laughs) about what games you're going to be playing but it's kind of nice actually makes like a,
1: a narrow path like i was looking at our games list right now and i'm like damn we got some good titles on here like it's going to be a fun year yeah. uh, trying to power through a bunch of these. Uh, yeah, it's like I feel like at least for me, I'm like looking at my list. and I'm like, damn, like it's like games throughout like kind of the decades. But for now, I basically just pulled ones that people like really, really think highly of that I missed
0: out on. Because surprisingly, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's tons out there. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening in to our little update here. Uh, We've been playing some awesome games. And just a quick little recap on a couple of the games that we talked about. Maybe I can do this. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I didn't write anything down. But we talked about Terra Nil, which you can actually play on Netflix game right now, which is pretty interesting. Uh, We talked a little bit about Inscription. talked about uh, Hollow Knight, of course. Octopath Traveler 2. We talked about uh it's a, a Ghostwire tokyo and i think there was another Legend of zelda of course Breath of the wild 2 coming out pretty soon here which looks fantastic uh kirby uh both forgotten lands and the dreamland which you know dreamland's what the wii game that got remastered now for this mm-hmm. yeah but they added in some new stuff to this one which is pretty interesting there's new powers in this game which is actually pretty cool Ooh. yeah there's a mecha one so you can be gundam kirby which is pretty awesome oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool actually. I was watching somebody play it. I was like, Oh shit, I want that now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot out there to check out and there's just so much to go through and we have an amazing list of games that we are diving through and we will continue to play through and just I, I think the great thing about this is of us going back to games that we missed out on is that we are gaining so much more knowledge and appreciation for what we're playing now. And I feel like me and you are both kind of changing the ways that we have looked at titles across the years, especially after starting to do the show, where we're looking at things a little bit more analytically. Now we're trying, we're starting to look at things more as like a d- game design intent and how do they accomplish this, right? Like, it it is really cool to see the evolution of what we're playing and how we're actually viewing and analyzing these games. So it's, it's been a fun little ride. And I think this year is going to be really, really great for just knowledge and learning and playing and just having fun. But yeah, like I said, that's it for this week. And we'll talk to you guys next week with some more games. Uh, But until then, bye for now.